I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hey, Lacey. Hey, Kippen. What's going on? Um, well, you know, we're taking a break from complaining about our lives and tonight we're going to talk about someone with some actual real world problems this puts like first world problems into such a level of perspective mm-hmm. um we read in order to live by yanni park yes. perhaps i pronounced that correctly <laughs> i will do my very best here's our disclaimer no we do not mean any disrespect to the korean language or anyone we're gonna do our very best but we're probably gonna use just like mom dad sister stuff like that because we will be butchering names if we try it too and you know we are we do live in the south even i whenever i'm like listening to like the province's names the city names it's just like mm-hmm. it's one of those things that just goes like in one ear and out the other and i'm like i have a general idea of what you're talking about but to be able it's... to repeat that cannot when she first so the girl that read the book and we'll get to audiobook narration a little later but when she first said her province name i thought she said heaven i thought she said like i went to heaven but really she said like <laughs> Hessen or something or whatever. It starts with an H. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, this book is the story of a Korean defector. Um, She's 28 years old now. She escaped from Korea when she was, or North Korea when she was 13 with her mother. Um, Her sister went a little before her and her father ended up coming later. And she grew up kind of in a variety of circumstances in North Korea, which I felt made the book way like even more interesting because you saw lots of different sides of North Korea. Um, And she got to see a little bit more of North Korea than just her province or just the country or whatever. Um, And then after she leaves and escapes to China and then goes from Mongolia and then on to South Korea, She lives a lot of different lives. I mean, she's younger than we are, but she has lived so many different stories. And it was just really, really gripping. I think the the majority of the, at least the second half, it takes place within like two years. And the amount of, not even like traumatic, but just like overwhelming and like huge life-changing experiences she goes through. It's really Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, This book... Let's, let's rate this book uh, five stars what's it for you i think you have to give it five stars i mean i i'm remiss to give any memoir like a true memoir like this a really low score but this was not only a gripping story but it was written really well and i felt like it was edited well i just loved it it was really really powerful this was my first experience with a specifically like a North Korean memoir. And I was so, I was just truly fascinated by this, like the, the, the cult personality that they built, um, you know, around the leaders around mm-hmm. like the song buns or like of the caste system, like the, the cultural 
um, aspects was so like fascinating and then that in combination with like her grip and like personal life was so good yeah this was this was such a five-star book this is the book that I finished in like 36 hours and it was I can't remember how long the <laughs> audiobook was but I just could like not stop listening to it it was just so I don't know it, it this this book had its claws in me for sure yeah I it's funny my brother is living in Korea right now in South Korea but he's in the military and because of COVID he really hasn't gotten to go many places so I'm getting like little glimpses from him obviously like k-pop is getting getting more and more popular so we have that and like k-dramas we were just getting pedicures the other day (laughs) and like every woman in this salon was obsessed with this k-drama that they were playing um so I feel like Korean and like Korean skincare has gotten really big over the last probably five, 10 years. So there's all these like Korean influences that are creeping in. But the only the only parts of North Korean culture that I am familiar with are literally from either like people making fun of Kim Jong Un and Kim Jong-il like I remember on 30 Rock I'm pretty sure Margaret Cho plays Kim Jong-il at some point and like (laughs) and like a few years ago I'm almost certain that um Dennis Rodman went to North Korea do you remember that listen here when I tell you I went down the rabbit hole (laughs) after I finished this book and yes he did (laughs) Him and Kim Jong-un were apparently, like, apparently he was a big basketball fan. Um, He considered himself like an ambassador. Do you remember whenever that story, the story of the the guy that he was still in, like, a propaganda poster, and he he was sentenced to, like, life imprisonment of, like, hard labor. Anyways, they sent him back. Dennis Rodman, like, tweeted him. Um, And it was, like, it was, they don't know if it was that or what, but, like, within, like, two days, they had, like, sent him over to the U.S. And, of course, the U.S. had been, like, trying to, you know, like, get him back anyways. But, so, like, I don't know. Maybe he's got a little pull after all. That's wild. Yeah, but that's, like, the only thing that we know about North Korea. I mean, that's, it's so Right, so isolated. Yeah. Cloaked in mystery. Um, Okay, so, five stars all around. Should you read it or should you listen to it? I listened to it. You know what? Did I listen to it or did I read it? I can't remember. I, I'm now I'm now thinking that you might have read it. Because... I think I might have read it. It's been like two months and yeah. it feels as if a lifetime has passed in between that. I think I got it on I read it on Kindle. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And because when I got on the wait, well, the reason why I didn't read it two months ago, because after you told me about it, I put it on hold. It's been on hold for me for almost two solid months. That said, if you need another sales pitch to actually read this book, I finished it in like two days, three days. It was really fast. I wonder if I read the book even faster because now I'm like, I remember one night. I, I think you did. I couldn't go to sleep one night. And I remember I was like, well, might as well read this fascinating <laughs> book. It was, it's really good. It, it really is good. The um, narration is not by the author, although Yummy does speak English. Um, it's by another Korean woman. Um, I felt like the narration was pretty good. She speaks inc- very, very slowly. So you do need to listen to it at like a faster speed, but that's nothing new. That's like every narrator. And 
I really enjoyed listening to the narration because I didn't have to stumble internally over names and places and things like that. And it really helped me feel the cultural influences to actually like hear it in the appropriate accent. I see. And I almost feel like I'm different where I would rather read it. Like kind of what I'm saying, like, I think it's, I'm trying to think how to pronounce the capital, like Pyeongchang. <laughs> uh, but like you know whenever I like see it like I know in my mind like mm-hmm. that's the capital whether or not the physical pronunciation is there I'm like oh like I can associate it with something where the two of us were talking a, a minute ago before we got on here we're like oh like what was the name of that person and I was like I couldn't tell like if I when yeah. I read it I'm like oh I can recognize it but couldn't tell you at all just from the top of my head but no you you definitely have a huge point there because I couldn't spell any of these words because it's Korean. Like it's just, it's completely out of my wheelhouse. So yeah, however you can get your hands on it, I think you'll yeah. read it fast and furiously. I can, yeah, I can't see it being bad, honestly, either way. I mean, mm-hmm. my, in my humble opinion. <laughs> okay, let's get into spoilers. It's hard to spoil a memoir. But... I, and there's there's so much that even happens. I'm like... There's a lot that happens. How do you even uncover? I feel like I have a better handle on after she gets across the river and into um, China. For some reason, that that's easier to like plot out in my mind if we were going to discuss it. The first part of it, while equally interesting, there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of details about like her parents vocations uh, yeah you're right a bit unnecessary although i this is what i love like the cultural stuff because that's yeah all the yeah it's still interesting it's just like her parents had a lot of different jobs and they had a tumultuous relationship and all that stuff so should we just talk about her family and like their dynamic yes i think let's start there okay okay so she is the younger sister i i mean this is one of those things that, again, I'm like, am I just out of touch? I don't know if she ever really mentions, like, abortions or anything. But everybody has very small families, I felt. And I was like, I mean, maybe birth control is, like, not a big thing. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was specifically thinking about, so they compare the uh, Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. his family, to the Romanian guy. Oh, I cannot think of his name. The dictator that, like, outlawed um, abortions and birth control. Anyway, so I kept being like is is this just a thing anyways here nor there really (laughs) yeah i thought the same thing i'm i always wonder when people don't have ready access to birth control how they don't have huge families all over the place like are they taking herbs are they even even like four or five children you know i don't expect you to have 13 but but the two i was really like wow like because you know childbearing years are what like can be like 20 years long depending Mm -hmm. on when you get married my only yeah. other thought is that they were so chronically malnourished that maybe a lot of people just aren't very fertile um, for many reasons, like men and women, because if you're not getting all the food that you need, then your body will not ovulate. Right. And could sustain may- the pregnancy even if you... Well, and she even mentions that her and her sister were born really early. So she was born at seven months gestation. And her sister was born at eight months gestation because her mom was like doing hard labor and stuff while she was pregnant. That to me is so shocking. I was like having kids born seven month gestation and like the amount of care. 
that's like needed yeah we need we need I mean, to do some infant mortality <laughs> rates for north korea and i don't know if and there this are is, those numbers that's what that's what i mean where it's like it's so fascinating to me because there's so limited information there's mm-hmm. such little knowledge where it feels like i mean you know like you can literally like hop online for almost any other country that's uh, you know this and they most countries document this kind of things or at least have like a ballpark but this right here it's like even if there is a ballpark it's not being released to everybody else like it's right. gonna be so like privately kept i yeah. was i to me so yeah she's got her sister her mom and her dad like one of the first things that mentions is the song bun and i mm-hmm. was i was really shocked by the cast system i probably shouldn't have been but that just shows like how little knowledge i had of like north korean culture and like she talks about like how her her mom had a lower song bun than her dad but basically like by her dad marrying her mom like really limits the things that he was able to do and his family had some well, I think they were a higher one, and then one of his brothers got accused of right. attempted murder, I believe, or and, I think it was and rape, rape or something. Rape on a student. <laughs> and again, it's very hard to know if that was real. Um, but he went to jail for a very long time, and then basically, if anybody in your family steps a toe out of line, it can ruin everyone's life, like your extended family, everybody, which is what happened to them. That was such a I mean, that was so crazy to me, too, because it's like, you can't control your family members. Like, no, we all have a, at least a couple of, you know, weirdos, not even weirdos, but just like crazy (laughs) people, like people with mental (laughs) illness, people that like you, that can't be counted on. So it's like, well, you know, you have one of them and then like, there goes your life and your Mm -hmm. ability to, to raise yourself out of poverty. Totally. Um, The other thing I thought was pretty darn interesting was she kind of described korean marriage that it's like normal for spousal abuse to happen um and that her parents specifically it was both of them like they fought like with Mm. fists like both of them so she had kind of a i mean it's interesting because she was very close to her mother and her father and yet they were fighting tooth and nail and because her father had to kind of hustle for them to survive, he didn't even live with them very often after she was, I don't know, right, four like, or five years old. That was, so I, and I, I'm going to try really hard not to cross my wires between this book and I read um, The Girl with Seven Names right mm-hmm. afterwards. There's another North Korean defector book. But the vibe I really got too is that like arranged marriages, it like, gets, Mm-hmm. but like you know there, there's the occasional people married for love but like yeah it's really way more of like the convenience and like okay like my family knows your family we're both like you know pretty much in the same song bun and like that kind of thing so there's like her family like, they kind of described it where her parents l- grew to kind of love one another but like you know we later find out like there's a mistress yeah. and that like I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm talking a little bit of smack, but her mama I felt like was constantly going at going to bat for her daddy. Yeah. That I just was like I think it's I, classically I mean, very complicated relationship, but I agree. She really I mean, and again, this is like cultural, like respectful of elders and things, but she really tried to not drag her father through the mud while still trying to tell the truth, I think. 
but she definitely tried to paint him in the best light possible so i'm wondering she, yeah what he loved he was, her daddy yeah and uh, uh, that's interesting to me because he really did like he was the cause of a lot of their issues um i'm kind of hopping all over the place but i am interested did you find out anything about so everybody's in this and the different caste systems but it was almost like a common knowledge thing that you like knew what other people's casts or yeah, casts were and i wonder if there's like a record that they keep of these things or okay you know i what mean hold on listen i thought this book <laughs> talked about it it must be the other one there mm. this was I feel like every like two minutes I'm going to say this was the most fascinating thing <laughs> because it it all was. But yeah, no, there is, they said there is a, every single individual in North Korea, there is a, a record and not like a small record, like an extremely, extremely detailed record. Anytime somebody goes, Oh, I got to think what they're called. Like the neighborhood, basically like the neighborhood Gestapo, like the, the watch. They did like, talk about them. that. Yeah. Like how there's like a huge record of all the things. Yeah. So it said your song bun. So I think there's like three major things. So it's like the, the upper class people, like the middle yeah. class, and lower class, they've all got like a specific name and I can't remember it, but it there's like maybe, you know, like a hundred little tiny niches within each one and you're constantly like going up and down. But yeah, like the, the capital keeps the, they keep the system of, of what that i don't know if wild. everybody knows the ultimate right. you know, like, like okay like i'm in the middle system but i'm at the you know 23rd rung or whatever but yeah right but it it does knows. it does make a difference of what jobs you can have and if you can go to a university and all these things so i guess in some ways your social circle ends up being in your same it, song bun it because, would have to be in yeah. the other book the the other girl was from the upper class in the mm. girl with seven names it was really astounding comparing their life stories because she, like, when they would get into trouble, her mom would literally just pay people off. Wow. Where this family just truly, you know, yeah. one of the they were at the I, mercy, right? And they were like black market, um, like dealers. It was like really like how they made their money. So it was like it was just like a very like shockingly different world that like the upper class had versus, yeah. You know, I think one of the most horrifying, the first thing that really was just like gutted me was when she talked about during the famine and her dad would be away for months at a time where he was in jail and her mom was trying to get him out of jail and she would leave them with like a little bit of rice and she was like nine and her sister was 10 and they didn't even have electricity and her mom would be like, okay, I'll see you in just 40 days. Like, I'll be back in 40 days and, like, leaving them for months at a time by themselves and then having to just be alone in the darkness and foraging for, like... Frogs? Yes, plants. And roots? Dragonflies. They would roast dragonflies. Like, that just... Just the being alone part made me so intensely sad. Um... I don't know that was it was almost a little hard for me to start this book because I told you I just come off like a fantasy book so beyond the realm of reality and then this was just a smack in the face that like this is really happening to people it also got to me too so you know she's the younger sister and I believe there's no more than like two years maybe even a little Mm -hmm. bit less than that 
but we're both older sisters. Can you imagine if our, you know, your parents just like, all right, yep. you're in charge, sis. Have fun. You know, Horrible. like I know, I know you can do this. Yeah. I had no idea either of like the level of famine that had happened. I mean, this, this was the time I was alive. You were alive. Mm-hmm. It was like during the nineties, it was so wild to me that like, that this was, it was like such an extreme thing. And I just had like no level of awareness, but you know, I think it was this book where she talked about like people like dying in the streets, like literally laid up dead. And it was like, well, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Meanwhile, let's go try to, you know, see what scraps we can find or pray that our neighbor will, you know, take a little bit of mercy on us and check on us. Right. And they, they mentioned like, there's one instance where her mom left them with some money and then they just like were children. So they spent all the money on like some crackers or something. And then they were like, Oh crap, we don't have any food. Or like they, they'd have to stay with their aunt and uncle for a little while, but then they treated them really poorly and acted them like acted like they were slaves and boss them around and didn't really give them like really resented them being there um the other thing that was so it's just really hard to wrap your brain around is the fact that love and the way that you express love and feel love is very different in North Korea because there's no there's no word for love unless you're talking about the dictator and he really is like a god to them um, like he can he can read your thoughts he can see what you're thinking like he can hear you all the time um yeah that was crazy to me it's like she even mentioned like there's we don't really understand romance because we don't have those books and movies and all those examples of romantic love and that's so wild to me to think about you know like you I, I, you know, I even think about like, oh, like, what about your parents or grandparents or neighbors? But it must, you know, really be true that nobody is, like you said, showcasing it in the way that Mm -hmm. we think of like a romantic relationship of like, you know, given me me and you were on the phone seconds ago complaining about our husbands not getting us up to the gas station, like, (laughs) you know, doing a little service for us or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's very interesting. The... I knew that that Kim Jong Un was like terrible, and his family. I, I can't. I don't even think yeah. he was the leader at this time. I think it was Il Kim Jong Il Kim yeah. Jong Sung, one of them. Um, but yeah, I just didn't like just the 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 brainwashing, the level mm-hmm. of you know, like. Oh man, I don't know if it's this book or the or the other one, but it talks about like you know they're all like truly like dying of poverty, and then they see them supposedly. There's like promotional videos of like the you know them like they're they're eating like one bowl of rice just like everybody else, and then uh. it came to find out that no, they you know they were just eating regular old meals while all their you know people within their country that they're like in charge of that they won't let leave and you know have like successful um i don't know business practices and whatnot like you know they're starving and yeah it it really is sick so her parents get by by all kinds of like tricks and hustles they um they sell like they smuggle and sell metals they 
smuggle and sell like electronics like all kinds of stuff on the black market and it's kind of like a like a oh i'm gonna just look the other way type thing from the government with with a lot of it they just just pay their way through like yeah everybody's so broke that you can just you know send them a little bit of money right Right. just it helps them out. You just bribe everything. It's just crazy. So she had basically like either feast or famine. And a lot of times they were really terrible off. And a lot of times they had plenty of food. And she was like able to go visit her dad in the capital and like see lots of stuff and eat at a restaurant. And that was the other thing where I'm like, how is this man living in the capital? And he's able to take his daughter who's visiting to a restaurant. And yet they're like hustling for a bowl of rice every day. I don't know at home. The daddy it was, made, it was very uh, suspect. The daddy definitely was not going through the same. Like Mm-mm. he was living in a lap of luxury for a little while. Now he, yeah. he did eventually have like well, he had he, to pay the piper. <laughs> he I'm trying to think what was he sent to a prison work camp? Yeah, yeah. He I mean he was first sent. I think her mom was even sent to a re-education camp where they like beat her up. Right, yeah, there's the two, and that was nothing. There's two different types of camps. There's one that's like basically like, okay, we're going to teach you a lesson and you're going to get out of here. And then there's mm-hmm. one that's like, y- you you committed such like a sin that you'll never see the light of day again. Yeah. And so it was just, it was just so, I was so fearful that they were going to get the second choice. That I, or, but I think, mm-hmm. yeah, they, like the mom, like really, again, like tried her best to pull it out to save her man. The girls, like, raised themselves at home. The school thing, too. I forgot about that. Like, how they had, like, um, to do, like, drills and marches and, like, how Mm -hmm. she talked about, like, that their books, you know, that they're learning how to, like, you know, subtraction. So, it's like. (laughs) um, (laughs) One one American big-nosed bastard walks in and two American big nose bastards walk in. How many American big nose bastards are there? Like, I'm try- that was literally it. I, I'm trying to remember what, what they called the South Korean people, too. Which is like, they're, you know, I'm like, their poor old ancestors. Like, I'm like, y'all are, oh, you're genetic. Well, another like, really powerful thing throughout this whole book is that she talks about the power of language and how her thoughts for so long were very shallow because she literally did not have the language to describe what she was feeling and to understand her surroundings. And I guess it makes sense. It's almost like if you're a toddler and you're frustrated because you can't, you know, you don't understand and you can't like get out the words. That's almost how she was where she like, they didn't have a word for love. They didn't have a word for charity, for mercy, for, um like there was no concept of that and i guess that makes more sense when you think of the fact that almost everybody that she runs into is completely out for themselves she has like this one one glorious summer i guess it was where she was out in the country staying with some actually like kind family but that even makes sense to me because those people are like so rural and like subsistence farmers almost that they I'm they're imagine- not influenced in the same no. way but- yeah they must just like okay we're just gonna stick to ourselves we take care of ourselves on our little farm and that's it and we don't have to worry about like even the neighborhood politics and people looking over your shoulder 
Another thing, and I don't think we've touched on this, is that they lived on the border of North Korea and China. Mm-hmm. And so they had a lot of, like, you know, Chinese goods and, like, Chinese influences. And she talks about, like, you know, the Chinese kids yelling at them. And then, you know, they're, they're yelling back at them, like, insults. And I could not get over the story of the uncle that comes to visit. <gasps> yeah. This was, like, right at the beginning of the story where the uncle comes and, like, he tell basically, he's, like, trash-talking um, the regime. Mm-hmm. The mom goes and tells this story. Like, Can you believe this? It tells this to her neighbors. I was literally like, honey, what did you think was going to happen? Because, of course, mm-hmm. the, I don't know, like, the police force system is like, what did you say about our beloved leader? What's crazy. Um, and, and the she uncle, immediately got I ratted like, out. Well, I was like, sis, what were I explain the, the con <laughs> like I, I don't understand what you're thinking here. I guess if and she mentions that her parents were like pretty much dyed in the wool supporters of the regime for quite some time that her dad slowly kind of wakes up to the realities, but her mom is very um what's the just dedicated and a believer in the system so i don't know i guess when you're so deep in it that it really must have been like gossip just gossip with your friend and not expecting her to rat you out that's so crazy to me because that was like the whole that was like everybody's thing the the little classes where they had to go to and like sit around Mm -hmm. uh, you know sit around in the table and be like oh my gosh you didn't honor our beloved leader by going to school every single day this week or you didn't honor our beloved leader and country by i don't know walking down the street and picking up that piece of litter or whatever it was and i like the idea of like there's no unity seriously and and we're we're all out to get each other right to find the faults within each individual person yeah they literally (sighs) had to basically say everything that was wrong about themselves to the group and then the group had to go around and critique the other people and like there was no she even says in the book like i was really good at it like i paid attention and i was really good well and how and like i think this was this one where uh, her and her friend they were like the people would like do stuff like okay like i'm gonna talk bad about you and say you did this and you say this about <laughs> me you know so like there's not like a, a I don't know, like, I guess a bigger problem coming up. Yeah. Was this, was this the book? Did she have a, um, a, I don't know if this was this or the other one. The love, did she have a love interest in this book? She did. She had like a, she had a very innocent love interest. At some point they moved to a different neighborhood. And this was after her father got out of the work camp, um, early And so she moved to a different neighborhood and people didn't know her yet and didn't know their family. So they weren't familiar with their dad's past and they weren't familiar with their sungbun yet. So she was obviously poor. Like she didn't have the cool clothes like other teenage girls had. I mean, cool. Like everybody was poor and scraping by, but... She basically meets this boy who's a much higher sungbun, and I think his father and mother worked for a university um, and were, like, very well respected. And they have a super sweet, innocent relationship where he's interested in her. I, I don't even know if they held hands. Um, but Pretty, she... But did he not say he wanted to, like, come back and marry her? Yeah, yeah. He was, like, 
four years older than her and she ends up getting really sick she's in the hospital and when she wakes up she like she had like a little ring on her finger and he had brought them like snacks and this little piece of jewelry and was like please wait for me like you have to do all this stuff in in North Korea like you're supposed to do I think 10 years in the military and then you can go to university but because he was wealthier he only had to do two years and then he wanted to go to school and so he's like after I'm done with all of that we'll get married just wait for me for eight years or whatever it was um and at the time she was already plotting like we've got to get out of here we need to leave we have to escape and she kept it to herself and she never mentioned it to the to her to her boyfriend I guess you would call it her boyfriend um but she actually says later in the book that she would always think about him so fondly and that she found out that like his whole family had been disappeared like they just dropped off the face of the earth type thing um i'm pretty sure the dad was over like an agricultural yeah. um, thing and then this was like i'm assuming like everything went bad and that's like right. the problem when you when you you know really like these kind of places where it's like there's there's no sense of like justice at all like okay mm-hmm. like the, the, you must be the root cause you and your entire family are now either dead you're going to a uh work camp like whatever it may be right i could not get behind this relationship no matter what because she was 13 and he was 18 and yeah. i was like i get it a different time and like you said <laughs> very clean but mm-hmm. i just was like this is a literal child she hadn't hit puberty yet, sir. Please. But listen, I, you say this, but like when we read Where the Crawdads Sing, they were like five or six years apart. And it was this, like, it was almost. But he had no sort of. He, no, he had no, like, love towards her like that. Kaya and whatever his name was. He never. That, that, it's, it's the. If she would have had the crush on him and would have kind of pursued him, I would have been like, oh, okay, like, you know, teenage, like, not thinking. But yeah. I would expect, I expect the adult in the situation to be like, whoa, yeah. that's not I, acceptable. I guess it really did not bother me because, like, they literally, like, they never kissed. They never did anything creepy. Like, he was just very sweet and kind. So I, it didn't bother me. I got the vibe, too, from this book and the other book that, like, they're all the kids are ultra clean as far as like like there's no premarital sex like it was in one of the stories i think in the other book it was almost like laughable to think about like like whenever she finds like somebody mentions that kind of idea and it's like are you kidding me really like yeah i was this was she was just really like okay i was wondering if it was just her because she she talks about like at some point later after she's escaped and it's been a couple years she actually finds one of her best friends from childhood on facebook or she or the other way around hold on lacy got some crazy sounds going on oh, there sorry i'm throwing my hair around <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 like swirl oh, sorry so one thing that was interesting to me and this may just be the way she wrote the book is it comes off as she had very few friends anyway. And I think she, she even mentions like she was, she wasn't a great student. She didn't get to go to school very often because of everything that was going on. She was very close to her sister. And then she had this, you know, kind of boyfriend figure. 
And she mentions later that like, oh, you know, I found my long lost best friend after she had escaped. But I just wonder what the culture really is like. Like, do you have close friends? Do you have close relationships? I don't know. And that's why I was like, is she just sheltered? Or is this just how it is that you kind of stick to your own little family? I do think it's really like that. And even, okay, I think it's time to jump around or like the second half of the book Mm -hmm. because the second half of the book is all about escaping. I was going to say, even whenever they escape, they're still like, they're considered like illegal aliens. Yeah. They they have to keep everything so hidden and people really will sell you out. You know, they're hoping they can make money or that they can like exploit you in some way. Maybe they don't want to tell everybody right away, but they'll use your secret against you. And like, you know, force you into labor or whatever it may be. So, I mean, I really think it was that, so, that mindset is like very prevalent. Yeah, it was so despicable to me that she ends her and her mother end up getting trafficked. But the together. Fa- and I, together. And I realize like this is a known thing that they use women because the women are less um, scary and like they can convince people to do things easier. And they even use Yenmi that way later. Like, she helps traffic people. Um, but, like, it was like a pregnant lady that, like, duped them. And I'm just like, ugh. just feels so dark. And I mean, it is yeah, so dark. This, this woman is she, the North Korean lady. Yeah, she's doing it to feed her family. But it's yeah. the expense that she is doing it at. The, the I think they talk about they had one friend that one of them. Um, what was oh you and me the older sister's friend that went and was like basically was like oh they i'm trying to remember what her story was it was like they wanted me to marry or date this man and i didn't want to so i came back or something like that yeah but they they have like no real concept that like so you and me is basically goes missing um they assume she goes to china the mom and the sister follow they leave the dad at home I felt, I will say I felt devastated for the dad because like he went from having, you know, the whole family together and he's already at this point sick and like not mm-hmm. doing great. And then like, he's just like left in the dust. Cause they're like, okay, we cannot miss this chance. It's got to be tonight. If we're ever going to find you and me and like, you know, all join together, we've got to. And so they end up crossing and they just have no like real concept that like, you know, like, a, like right away, the mom has to like sleep with somebody because he's trying to sleep with the daughter. That was the, that was a moment where I like started weeping. Basically, you basically read that after they're taken a different place, she overhears her mom fighting with this guy and he wants to rape Yunmi. And so her mom is like, no, like you can have me instead of my daughter, which I'm like, oh my gosh, such sacrifice. And not even that doesn't even happen one time. It happens multiple times. Yes, and, and, but before they get Within before days. they get married, right? She goes from like like well, and just like I'm saying, like in a, I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this, like puritanical culture, but I that's the what my understanding of it. So to go from that where she probably has only ever slept with her husband to she sleeps yeah. with like three or four men, like you said, within like three days time and i also was thinking like honey the amount of stds because i'm sure that they do that with every single woman yes so gross you know it's not i don't know i was definitely extremely grossed out but yeah so well to even to back up just a second i thought it was absolutely crazy that her sister just 
got up and took off. I mean, Yumi was like one day out of the hospital type thing. And she, her mom thought she was joking when she was like, I'm leaving, like I'm going. And then she just never comes home. That kind of makes me think about like the teenage, like fortitude. I don't know. Yeah. Of, of just like, yeah. you know, mine's made up. It's like, I'm going to do it. Like, I know there's better things out there. Mm-hmm. And it also makes me think that there's probably, she even says like, you know, my sister's story is her own. But I just wonder what was going on in her life that she was so motivated just to get the heck out of there. Because I think Yumi, without her sister leaving first, may have stuck it out in North Korea a little longer. I don't, yeah, I don't, well, of course, I mean, she was only 13. I'm sure she hadn't, you know, went through the experiences that. Especially with her boy, like, on the side there. Right, like a a rich, young, um, Mm -hmm. you know, handsome man. It's like promising to like, you know, take you out of a, a right. bad place and put you in a better one. I'm sure she really did think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So basically what happens, they, because of the, you know, the, the single child policy in China at the time and like so many daughters either being like killed or um, mm-hmm. being put in orphanages, um, there's like a huge shortage. And so like North Korean defectors is like what they use to kind of like help these like poor rural farmers like literally well, poor not like actually yeah, <laughs> actually they are people they are selling them as as brides, brides as brides. like mail order brides um so they're actually really ticked off when they realize how old her mother is her mom's like in her 40s uh and they're trying to sell her and they end up selling her to this farmer and separating them um and then Yumi basically, I mean, to set the stage here, Yumi is very beautiful. Like, I kind of figured she was because of the way everything goes down, but she is gorgeous. And it seems like every man that maybe it's just they do this with everybody, but it really does seem like every man that she encounters in the book is like semi-obsessed with her does that i'm did you get that vibe not even just like semi-obsessed but like immediate as thought is like sex yeah so it's like the you know these like men are trying to grope her they're trying yeah. to rape her they're trying to get her to be their mistress like and it's not just one it's like mm-hmm. like you said every man it was just so shocking to me because i was thinking she I mean, the picture of her at 28, or I don't even think she's 28. She's around 25 years old. She looks so young. So young. So for her to have been 13, how young must she have looked? And she even said, like, I'm a small person. Like, I'm tiny. Like, I probably, she probably really did look like a little kid. I, um, but it's like, so the guy that she's with, his name is Hong Wei, and he sells the mother, right? And, she he basically tries to rape her multiple times and she describes just like fighting for her life type of thing like i was so crazy person yes i was so like like the feral child that came out of her i was Mm -hmm. like i wish every victim (laughs) of assault would 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 be able to do this and, and it be successful the way that it was for her yeah well at least for a little while and so well she was coerced though i mean right. like she could have totally you know she might have could have kept on right but it's just it speaks to that i guess that she 
they keep pursuing it. It's like an obsession. That was so sick to me. Like they would not be put off by her kicking and fighting and whatever. Like they were bound and determined to make it happen. So anyway, she's not making it easy. And then Hung Wei, for whatever reason, is like, okay, how about this? You stay with me. I won't sell you. And if you stay with me and are only my side chick, I'll get your mom back, which will cost me a couple thousand dollars. I'll get your dad from North Korea and we'll find your sister. And I'm just like, why is he doing this? He had a true obsession with her. And it's very prevalent. I'm trying to remember how long she lives in China. For about a year and a half, maybe. Mm, Yeah. As long as she is with Hong Wei, he seems to really move mountains for her. I mean, the guy is a absolute psycho. Yeah. But he is really crazy about her. And and She says it in the book that she has very um, weird, she has strange feelings about Hong Wei because... He put his neck out there on the line for her many times, but he also sexually assaulted her. I mean, she she does the classic thing where she's like, you know, I had to have sex with him. It made me physically ill where I would vomit and I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. Like, it was horrible, all this stuff. And it's like, you know that somebody knows. You know, I'm sure she wasn't able to hand to hide the fact that after they would have sex, she would throw up and be physically ill. And yet this man was still fine with it. <laughs> her, her, I'm pretty sure her mama, what, like with the guy that she was sent to was actually like, I think intellectually disabled. Mm. The family like had yeah, abused, right. he, um, basically used her as like servant labor. They were also, uh-huh. you know, like the, the idea was like, Oh, like we want you to be the mother of our grandkids, but you're also like a peon and right. you're basically nobody, but you're just the vessel for the children, which yes. obviously never happened. So I, I Hong Wei really saved. Her. I mean, he sold her mother to a situation, but then he came up <laughs> and saved her. Yeah. But she talks about like whenever the mom and the dad are reunited with her, where I think she specifically mentions the dad, how he's, He's kind of disgusted about the situation. Like he knows they're sleeping mm-hmm. together. He knows that it's a that the daughter's being exploited, and but at the same time, it's like, but he's helping us, and yeah. and we're trying to find our other, you know. So it's like this yeah. insanely complex, yeah, situation, it's really like gross. like a, a helpful but also like exploitative relationship. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say helpful. That sounds too generous, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So eventually she gets kidnapped <laughs> by a totally they never do find Emmy, by the way. They like just can't locate her, which I didn't think was I would have been shocked if they did find her. The amount honestly. of people right that were crossing the border that it made it sound like I definitely was like when they were so excited right away. When it when she wasn't mm-hmm. found quickly, I was like, yeah. Oh, she's no telling where. Yeah, for real. Um, but she's eventually gets like wrapped up with this gangster and he wants to keep her for himself and so he basically kidnaps her i don't actually remember how she escapes that situation i think she calls hong way like mm. there, there's some weird way the hong way comes in and he saves the day i'm pretty yeah. sure that's what i mean where it's right like, he's crazy but he loves her 
Yeah. Oh, and yeah, and I mentioned this off the podcast, but yeah, he also talks about like he has, he doesn't realize how young she is. He says because he's like, oh, like mm-hmm. I have a, like a twelve-year-old daughter and like a nine-year-old son <laughs> or something. It's like I didn't realize you were only thirteen. I thought you were sixteen. It's like, oh, does it matter, she was, sir? You thought she was four years older than your daughter. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anyways, disgusting. Um. So how then, does, how does she got a Hongwei's clutches? I'm trying to remember. There's a he mm, gives her up, and she. I remember she gives him all the jewelry she saved. He goes, yeah. goes broke. Maybe yes. I think that was it. Is that he? So her dad dies of cancer. Oh, we should say that he. Yeah, the dad. He lived with he him for a short the, period of time. Yeah, so he's over there for a little while. He dies of cancer. Hongwei is like. Um, oh, it was the Olympics. It was around 2018 when the Olympics were in Beijing. 2008. Beca- or 2008, yeah. Because of the Olympics, the Chinese government was like, well, got to sweep up the trash. Like, can't have anybody looking too far into this. And so they really cracked down on all of this human trafficking that's happening right under their nose and all kinds of other stuff. And so his business basically goes down the tube and he he basically can't hold on to her any longer. He doesn't have a whole lot of power over her anymore. Um, but eventually she gets a job with another woman who they met. Oh, and this whole time she had been working for him as well. Um, helping him to traffic other women. And right. she says Translating, she just. Translating, consoling yeah. the other women, telling yeah. them how all the awesome things about living right. with these chinese men mm-hmm. and feeling like very dead inside about it which i mean i right. understand I mean, she's 14 years old I, yeah. mean, I mean she's trafficked herself and she's basically yep. like well gonna slap a smile on my face and yeah. a lot of these women because why she not? actually she tries to remember when she tries to get hung way to sell her to a brothel like she goes to like oh actually i do remember that yeah she goes to visit a brothel and all the girls are like yeah you should totally just work here we make great money you figure out they're making like one dollar per customer type thing (sighs) but and he was like absolutely not like you have no idea what you're talking about you're that ended up being such a blessing for her whenever yeah like the South Korean government did not take prostitutes. I yes. did not realize that until you know. But like, yeah, like they were like, mm-hmm. no, you have to have like, I guess a little more scruples than that. I, I guess so. Okay, so after Hong Wei, she becomes a phone sex operator, right? Yeah, she works in a chat room. I actually was thinking now, this in my own personal opinion, I'm like, what a shockingly better situation to put herself in so you're just true. you're just sitting there online you yep. know you're just topping up writing these romance stories out with these mm-hmm. people that are just going to send you your dollars yeah i was so definitely like thinking this she's basically a webcam girl and she makes a point that she didn't really take her clothes off but again she's very young and very pretty and so a lot of men didn't care and were just like happy i mean i think they're like the underwear sniffer types like they just wanted to like be talking to a pretty girl and have her attention and she ends up she talks about like there's a like she calls him out by name in the book Mm -hmm. um a man that 
is like, I think maybe he's a widower and he really, like she tells him the real story. Am I? Yeah. I'm like, if I tell the story right. She, and, I don't think she ever mentions his name, but she just says like, he never really asked anything from her and he would ask her like real questions about herself and where she came from. And yeah, she opens up to him and he wants she, to help her. He was South Korean himself. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and he, he, decides like that he wants to finance like her and her mama to be able to come to like korea if they can manage it and yeah they hook they hook he somehow hooks her into like some christian ministry stuff people that work with people that have been human trafficked to try and escape this was a really interesting turn is when she starts learning about christianity and it actually really sad because you see like oh i was and, so like what a piss poor example i know me and Lacey are both christian and we're very active in our faith and it just broke me with this horrible preacher or pastor telling her how like dirty and filthy she was and wanting them to confess her sins in front of everyone and telling them that like, oh, we can't bring you into the group because you worked for a webcam company. And so you'll bring everybody else down and things like that. And I mean, these people did eventually help them, but it was like, she even mentions like, oh, it was easy for us to tell everything that we had done wrong (laughs) because it's exactly what we had to do in North Korea. We were already good at that. It was their life experience of like pointing at each other and being like, I, like I was a dirty slut and yes. I, you're like you were or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, so it was like, they were, I think at this point they definitely felt a level of embarrassment or like they had more, yeah. um, I don't know, awareness about like societal factors and stuff. So that <sighs> was what really hurt me. But yeah, but you're right. But yeah. they were like, you know what? We're going to take one for the team. We fixed to go to South Korea, baby. So they just right. called it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were as I'm pretty sure even like the prayers, like when she writes down like some of the prayers that, you know, it's just like it's very the, the concept was yeah, it's very focused on them being sinful. Which I mean, the whole theme of the book is sometimes you have to do things in order to survive. And frankly, if you have no idea what religion is, who God is, what what morality is can you really be held accountable for the things that you do i I don't think so how can how can this how can this this is what got me this man knows these people have all been like sex slaves right for the last whoever knows how long and he's gonna like sit here and like call them out because they're they had a slightly better situation right so they should have just stayed being abused by the men in their lives like right exactly what a it's stupid it's so stupid um and she says like all throughout korea there's this definitely like a virtue kind of puritan like you're saying puritanical culture and women's virtue means a lot to them um eventually they get hooked in and they're gonna make an escape they have to go through the gobi desert into mongolia and then they're told that like Mongolian's government will accept them as refugees and bring them to South Korea. And so they have like a hellish kind of escape where they feel like they're going to die. I, I'm Wait, just like, I was going to go say, ahead. 
the one of the most impactful moments to me is like so they think the whole time they're going to have a god going across the desert mm-hmm. and he in, the god ends up like being like one of the christian mm-hmm. uh, ministry workers but he doesn't go across the desert with him he takes him like to a certain point and he's like you just follow the north star or whatever yeah and she talks about like how she turns back and she sees that he is like prostrated himself and is like praying for their not mm-hmm. only their survival that they will be successful that to me and she really talked like her and her mama like look back and they're both like really shocked yeah i was like you know that that was one of the few moments in the book like we talk about like these like it's a very cutthroat world where they really experienced like mm-hmm. the kindness of other people and like they were just i don't know i thought that felt like they were really shocked by that moment and it really was very impactful to me yeah i mean those moments of kindness she says at one point that her life has been very lucky which I guess when if you compare it to other people in her same situation, I guess she did have some luck. Um, but she really was shown so little mercy by so, by so many yeah. people. Like she was used and abused every step of the way. And so her and her mom were just like brought to tears really of like, why would this man even care about us at all? And then, like you said, that knot follows with like basically being one of the worst knots of their life where they – i mean they just freezing they they like are chased by wild animals at one point that scared me so badly yeah Yeah, and there's like a whole there's like a whole group of them and they're all just trying to like survive and like try their best and also they're trying to dodge the chinese government they're trying to make Mm -hmm. sure that they're not being like extradited back to north korea because they're like well like Mm -hmm. if we're caught like what's going to happen to us and our families yeah and when they finally find the fences she says at one point that she's like hallucinating that they're that they get there like over and over again and it's just a hallucination and they they're afraid sorry to even like turn on their flashlights and i don't know but it made me feel so sick for her whenever they finally get there and the mongolian soldiers are like okay back to china and she even says at some point that she didn't understand if they were doing it just to like mock them or if it was a reality. You know what I mean? Like that's right. how like cruel a lot of these people were. And I think a lot of people, I mean, just like in our own country, look down on people that try and illegally cross borders and don't maybe see them as human even. And like they, I don't know. Were were her and her mama planning to were they planning to commit suicide? Am I Oh yeah. They were like we're not going back alive. She had tons of sleeping pills um stashed away and she also said she had a razor blade like tucked away that she would have slit her own throat in order to like not have to go back to China or North Korea or anywhere. She was like when you think about that, it's like if your li- if your life is literally not worth living, if you right. can't get out of there, like the yeah. level of or, of how terrifying you know and how scary life must be for you, oh, horrible. But they end up somehow. It seems like take taking mercy on them, and they mm-hmm. end up being able to to go to South Korea, where they have to basically get like vetted, be sure that they're not going to be like North Korean spies. Yeah, they, they make sure they're not prostitutes was like one of the big things i can't remember if there's anything but they just basically like sent them to like a re-education and they learned everything yeah. they ever knew about south korea it's basically mm-hmm. all lies 
Right? Just nothing but propaganda. Really? The, everything they've ever learned about the whole world is a lie. I was, I just kept thinking, like, how, can you imagine somebody, like, seriously telling you that your reality, there's no truth in it at all? I just was thinking, like, how could you? I've had a few moments, a very few moments in my life of, like, true and utter shock. And so I can kind of grasp just, like, a little core. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, you've had a close friend die unexpectedly, right? Like, I... It must feel a little bit of something like that. Like when something is just so outrageous and so sad and, but it's true and you have to, it just takes a while for your brain to catch up with the, that fact and reckon with it. And it's the only feeling that I could even imagine it being like, it just seems so, you know, there's just so many. It's like the Truman show. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, exactly. Um, so yeah, they just really have to end up relearning everything. One of the, what was super interesting is she talks about that time that they moved or that they, you know, ended up coming into the country was like a really, like, it was like a huge migration of yeah. the North Korean defectors. It was kind of like everybody knew like this was their time. It was a little bit mm-hmm. around like the famine period. There's the Olympics. Like, yeah, there's like a big reason that they need to kind of go quickly. And, you know, they talk about like, okay, like, hey, please be careful. Like, there were scammers that will take, you know, this like stopping money that we're going to give you, or like only a few of you get to live in the city. A lot of you are going to live in these little teeny weeny suburbs. And, like, you're going to go through some basically like prejudice of like people are going to think that you're like dumb because mm-hmm. you have like no experience. And like, South Korea is like the most like <laughs> educated um, yeah. country in the world. I mean, yeah, just, they have and so they, many. They tell them straight up, like, them. "Well, you can go to school, but you'll probably fail out." And even when she does try and go to school, it's like, "Oh, but the uniforms are really expensive here, so you might not want to pick the school or whatever." It's just that whole thing made me sad. And then she has like all this PTSD <laughs> when they do get into the country, and she's has insane amounts of anxiety where she doesn't want to be around anyone. That was interesting to me. I guess it was like she was having to hustle so hard for so long. She mentions at some point when they left North Korea, there was a moment where she had to take over of making all the decisions. And her mom started kind of looking to her to make the decisions after that. Because if it was up to her mom, they would have just gone back or whatever. And that made me so sad for her because she was still so young. She's probably like 15 but she had no idea how to go back and be a child or a teen or she I mean, even like we said earlier, she did not get to have a real childhood where she yeah. had to grow up immediately because of her life circumstances and because of the way that her parents chose to maybe not mm-hmm. even chose to parent, but rather kind of like their lot in life and what they kind of felt like they had to do to survive. I mean, yeah. she never got this like traditional like I don't know, child, <laughs> say traditional. She never got right. a real sense of a childhood, certainly yeah. not a traditional childhood. Yeah. Did her mama think about going back? Am I crazy? To North Korea? Yes. I don't think so. I don't I, think so. I kept thinking her mama was wanting to go back. Um, the part of the book that had me 
truly sobbing, like you mentioned, like sobbing mm-hmm. about the mama, whenever her and her mama were reunited with her sister mm-hmm. after years of just thinking, like, you know, of going through hell themselves and just like not having a clue, like w- wondering if the sister's in the same, ter- same terrible situation, wondering if she's been shipped back to North Korea, wondering if she's alive, wondering if she's dead, and they end up getting back with her. I was. Uh overjoyed for their family (laughs) like i cannot even put it into enough words of how happy i was for their family it's crazy that they finally found each other it really is i I, well yes i went i'm i completely understand her reasoning for not sharing more of her sister's story but i would have gobbled that story up because (laughs) i am like how did the sister get there like what what method, not even, you know, like, what experiences did she have, but, like, what methods right. did she use to get there? It was so complicated. I think yeah. that she, it, she mentions in the book that she was definitely trafficked. She was probably yeah. some kind of sex worker. And that she has, like, one line in the book that at one point when they were looking for her, but they were on the run from this gangster dude, that they were only sera- separated by, like, a thin wall. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was that was whenever she was in um Hassan, the city. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were right there beside each other, like and they had no like you know the only reason they yeah. really left at that moment was to get a sister, and she was right there beside them, but they right. kept them hidden. Yeah, horrible. I, I don't know why and how you could live with yourself, but yeah, but I don't know. But you know what? She she really did go on to like to go to school and to become proficient in like multiple languages and that was crazy to me how hard she worked like she was said something like you know "Mm, i wanted to learn english so i i got an english tutor but i i signed up with every all 10 of the tutors and i would meet with all of them like set like every day and I I watched every episode of Friends that there ever was, and I did all this stuff. The other crazy thing I wanted to talk to you about, we're running a little long here, is just what she was on that North, that South Korean TV show. Oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that was so weird. That. I want to look up clips from it. She there was this, so there was a lot of prejudice in south korea against north koreans and refugees and all that stuff so there was this television show where they would bring on like i just cannot even imagine this concept they would bring on north korean refugees they would teach them songs and dance numbers okay so they would perform but then they would also have like a q a portion where they would ask them about their lives in north korea and it was all supposed to make the North Koreans more likable and accessible to the South Koreans didn't, and to like get their sympathy. Like, like a little bit or like she had like a Yeah, she a had stick? kind of what was yes, hers? hers was the the Paris Hilton of North Korea, which is <laughs> ridiculous. But they were supposed to be showing like, oh see, like her mom loved designer handbags and like was really into fashion and like her dad was like a businessman or whatever and trying to make them more relatable, even right. though it really kind of glossed over almost everything. And she says throughout the book that her and her mom 
never really talked about all the horrible stuff that happened to them in China. And also, like, nobody else ever talked about that either. So she just assumed, like, she was maybe one of the only people that, that it happened to or whatever. And so it makes a lot of sense as to why she wouldn't want to tell this to millions of people on TV as, like, an 18-year-old or whatever. Um, but that she's she's actually gotten a lot of critique because the way that she's told her story has been a little different in, like, her speeches or on the television show or whatever. And I think that's a big reason why she wrote this book is to try and be as truthful as possible. I read a little bit about that. Um, and it was, you know, she talked about, like, you know, I didn't really have, like, a great grasp on, like languages and like mm-hmm. like especially like the english language so like you know whenever she's like her ted talk is what i think really skyrocketed her to like international mm-hmm. fame i actually went back and watched it with graham a couple like and i kept going back and like rewatching it and he's like what the heck are you doing but i was like i'm so moved <laughs> I, I need to watch it i haven't watched it yet i i felt like like you can really tell that she had really recently learned english so mm-hmm. i like, I really just sat there and, like, listened to all the different things she said. Like, she talks, I mean, she talks very eloquently and very powerfully about, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the the plots of, like, the North Korean people. And, like, begging for, you know, people to think about and have a little bit of help. And, oh, man, I'm yeah. just, yeah, so fascinated and so disgusted and so... I don't know. It's, like, so many feelings, like, of, of the like poor not even poor people but just like the people that endure so much and and in today's time it just seems crazy yeah i i will say i think that she was able to share her story but keep a lot of her dignity um in telling it it doesn't feel like um i don't know the word that comes to mind is like tragic like tragedy porn like it doesn't feel like you're reading it just because it's salacious or like you're getting like the dirty details or whatever you really are rooting for her and it yeah you just you connect with her more as like a very strong human being and not just like oh this is a really crazy story so I want to read it because I don't know you want to pity this person Oh yeah, she's she goes through so much and she's really just she's just such like a brave person. Not mm-hmm. and not just her, but it's just like she just kind of like for me at least at first was like the 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 face of like the the North Korean specifically like female like defectors and like the how horrible it was and all the things they had to go through because they wanted like a better lives for themselves, for their mm-hmm. for their families. Yeah, and I loved the different layers that she has to go through. Like, she just keeps, like, waking up a little bit more and a little bit more and getting more um, control of her own narrative, like, where she actually can have her own thoughts. And, like, the fact that this lady was reading Shakespeare and reading... Um, 1984 and like seeing herself in Animal Farm and I love that she called that out about like the double think mm-hmm. that when this it was like the second she said that it made so much sense to me whenever she would have these thoughts about like the Kims and like how they were the absolute 
you know, like they were the stars of the show. Right. Like Epitome. But also like, oh, they actually, uh, you know, take advantage of us and they really like, you know, like repress everyone that's around them. And like this idea is like, oh, like you think one thing, but you know, the reality is the other, but you've been kind of programmed. Totally. Very powerful. Yeah. She's, and she learned so much. I was, I'm so proud of how much she's grown and, um, I was actually reading how she's gotten married. I think she's now divorced or at least separated, but she's got a little son. Let me show you this last one. This little picture of her and her sister is so dadgum cute. They were beautiful children. You know what's crazy is I was looking her up and I was seeing all these pictures and they look like such old. They're so cute. She was such a cute little girl. Um, which makes sense because she grew up to be a beautiful woman, but like it it's interesting to me that the pictures look so old but it's because they probably had like the most ancient film cameras right. oh, i'm a listen every basically every technological thing that they've got i'm like is it just smuggled over from china yeah. i don't know i read a terrible thing right before i started reading this book that was talking about a stu- North Korean student. Um, that is not the in. fattest baby I've I know, seen in I, a that's, long That's exactly <laughs> what I said it over. Because look how tiny she is. Seriously. But I read like a terrible thing. It was like a North Korean student like snuck in um, Squid Games. And was executed Whoa. because of it. So whenever I'm like. When they have any kind of. You know. Yeah. I'm like okay. Was this just literally on the black market? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyway, to wrap this up, <laughs> I love this book. I love le- learning about Yummy, and I'm going to go watch her TED Talk. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, go enjoy. Um, she- I'm so glad she wrote this book, and I just feel like I have, I just feel a bit educated, and just like I know so much more and have a different level of compassion, and that's why I love a good memoir. I love a for good sure. memoir. And I could talk about this for another 30 minutes because there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, for other we, stuff. We barely happens. skimmed the surface. If you haven't read this book, yeah. we're we're leaving out a lot of details. A lot of good details and like cultural um Yeah. The book know. is the book is pretty cut and dry. There's not a ton of atmospheric detail. I mean, it's definitely it's like someone telling you their story. I mean, they're not like there's no flowery language is what I'm trying to say, but they just, they just, she's describing it in a very straightforward manner. Right. Still worth reading. Five stars. Totally. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to season five, y'all. I don't know what's next cool. on the roster. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> of anger. Um, I, think I don't know if we'll are. do it for this, but yeah. I think at some point. I just started it. So maybe in the next Okay, at least I, the next handful of episodes. I grabbed, uh, I grabbed it from Hoopla. I am gonna finish up this Rockport. What is it? Not Bridgerton. Ro- uh, Rokesby. Yeah, the Rokesby book that I'm listening to, and then I'm gonna start on Dance of Anger, which I need because I'm dancing with anger all day long. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <Don't> even, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even discussing this honestly. <laughs> okay. Well, talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Hey, Kippen here, and if you've made it this far, congratulations. Just wanted to update you. 
It's not Dance of Anger next time. It's Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And it was so good. Check it out, read it, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds good.